In a world where entertainment is randomly scattered across Wikipedia, and no one can be sure of anything. Citation needed! Two men stand alone. They are Ben Graw, I'm Earth's last hope, and Garth Remington. Does it come with a pickle or is that extra? And word on the street is, they're gonna clean up Wikipedia. Yo, I heard word on the street is, they gonna clean up Wikipedia. And while they're fighting a tide of information, their fans are fighting tides of hot girls hitting on them. You listen to Wiki Review? That's hot. But sometimes you have to go off page to get the job done. I got the internet breathing down my neck because you're rogue hot shot rating system! This isn't a podcast. This is the Wiki Review. Damn it, I look like Oliver Twist. like touching dead heads and you're like, ah, gross. Oh, I said it, but then I can back out of it if he acts weird. He's acting weird. Hello and welcome to Wiki Review. I'm Ben Graw. I'm Garth Remington. And happy Australia Day, or if you're offended by that, whatever the less offensive version of that is, because on this Australia Day, we thought that it would be apt to do the Wikipedia page for Australia. That's a that's a thing we do. That is a thing we do. Well, not us personally. I've never done that before. Actually, maybe I probably have when I was a kid. Yeah, as a kid you do it. Yeah, when you go out into the bush, you got to do it. Yeah, it's like rite of passage, I guess. Not really sure why. Because it's Australian. But is it like an emergency call, or is it like a hey, I'm over here, or is it a hello? What does it I mean? Think, I think it just travels through the bush. I think it's just like hey, I'm around. It's like beeping your horn in a car. Noise for noise sake. Yeah, so you know someone's there. If you're lost, it would be good. I I suppose. But then if you're going to liken it to the sound of a car horn, like now we sound like a bunch of arrogant pricks. <laughs> like that sounds a bit uncool. Yeah, your sound effect was essentially beep beep. Yeah. Meep meep. A country that's proud of their, oh, we honk our horn. Hey, <laughs> eh? Eh? Well, what does it say about Australia, which for those who don't know, that's the country we live in. Yes, I know we have some international fans. In fact, I go so far as to say on this Australia Day that we have listeners specifically listening to us to know about Australiana. We are their cultural reference point of this country. Yeah, everything that they will learn about Australia, they will learn from this podcast and Crocodile Dundee. Exactly. The first lesson of this podcast, forget everything you learnt from Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, that was a knife. Yeah. (laughs) That kid did have a knife because knives can be different sizes. Yeah. If you've ever gone to a fancy restaurant, you start with the small one and then you work your way into the bigger one for the main course. And then sometimes you get that little cake knife at the end. Plus, if you carry around a knife like that in Australia, you will be arrested. Yeah, it's not okay to carry like around. Like either that. one. The punk kid, did he have a flick knife? I think he did have a flick knife, which we- is like highly illegal in Australia. That's what I was Ironically, Paul Hogan's gigantic Bowie is far more legal to carry around than the flick knife. Yeah. Because flick knives are dangerous. Yeah. That's a knife. Well, it's considered concealable and therefore illegal by our laws. <laughs> so in Australia, they would look at the Bowie knife and they would look at the flick knife and they would go to the Bowie knife. Well, no, this isn't a knife. This flick knife is a knife. 
Exactly. Yeah. Paul Hogan was as wrong as you can possibly be in that movie. <laughs> All right. I do like that they completely glossed over the fact that the American would have a gun. Yeah. Oh, he's tough. He's got a knife. He would have been shot. <laughs> the end. So, yeah. We're the cultural reference point. <laughs> yeah. Now that we've canceled out Crocodile Dundee. Yep. We're the only one. So I imagine there's a lot of people like getting off the planes going, Ah, Australia! WikiReview! Actually, no, speaking of Paul Hogan, before we move on, mm. fuck that shrimp on the Barbie shit. Oh, oh yeah, the shrimp thing. Yeah, when shrimp. they say, yeah, we don't say shrimp. Yeah, Who let's says get- put a shrimp on the Barbie? I've never said that or heard that said to me ever. I've had a lot of foreigners say it to me in their Australian accent. It's like the most American version of an Australian saying. Because it was for an American ad. Yeah. But Paul should know better. He was talking to Americans. Yeah, put he's- a prawn on the Barbie. Do they know prawn? They know prawn. If they can figure out Barbie, they can figure out prawn. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because I was like, he's trying to talk to Americans, so he's got to use American words. But he says shrimp on the barbie. And I mean, both those can be figured out from context. He's holding a prawn and he's in front of a barbecue. Clearly, he's putting the shrimp on the barbie is the prawn on the barbecue. You didn't need to say shrimp. But that's something that happens all the time where they'll name a movie in America like The Frat House and call it like Teen College over here because like they're like, oh, they don't know what frat houses are in Australia. They have no context. It's like we figure it out. And it's always stupid (laughs) when they dumb it down for us. It's true. I mean, I remember when that movie, it was Bad Neighbours with Seth Rogen came out. Yes. In America, that's just called Neighbours. That's right. But they thought that we would confuse it with our Neighbours. And it's like, no, we know Seth Rogen isn't in Neighbours. Soon as we saw him, we would have been like, oh, it's a different thing. Wait, wasn't he Toadie? <laughs> he would make a good Toadie. Kind of the same guy. Toadie, I think you could have been Seth Rogen. I bet he's at home just like really <laughs> pissed off right now. That could have been me with James Franco. Uh, you should have been in Freaks and Geeks. Yep, you missed your calling. So in the picture here, it shows Australia. Oh, and we green. are on the Wikipedia page for Australia. Yes, well, we said that at the start of the episode. That's what this whole episode is titled. I know, but I'm extra paranoid about it now because we do jump all over. Yeah, the thing that the episode is titled after, that's where we're, we are at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's actually going to be the first thing you can see when you bring it up is a picture of a globe. <laughs> You're going into great detail. Has someone given you feedback of just like, I can't follow along with you guys? Well, I've listened to us and gone, wait, where the hell are we right now? Because <laughs> we just jump around. And there's no context. And I do get scared because we say we're doing the Wikipedia page for this. But if we don't say we are on it right now, we never actually acknowledge that, oh, we're looking at the Wikipedia page. We just say we're doing the page for this. And we're looking at a picture right now. Where's the picture, Ben? Where's the picture? <laughs> Well, I figure that that's kind of obvious that the picture that we're looking at would be on the Wikipedia page. Okay, so go to en.wikipedia.org slash wiki slash Australia. <laughs> I think okay, we're all there. Yeah, you can we- check it in the show notes. There's links. Okay, everyone. No, I think we need to give HTMLs every time we're giving a reference. <laughs> Do you want to say how far down the page we are? Which also, if you're looking on your phone, you're probably going to have to scroll a bit further, I think. (laughs) No, I think this is going to make the podcast way too tedious because I just want to talk about how where Australia is on the map and we've already dragged this out. (laughs) It's probably not that important to be kidding. Anyways, there's a picture. We all know what Australia looks like and it's on the globe, which we all know that looks like. There's a picture on the Wikipedia page with a picture of Australia on the globe. Yeah. Over to you, Ben. And it's pushed the globe so Australia is, like, right in the centre, too. Nice. Angled it nicely, I'd say. And the part that interests me is you got it's coloured in a dark green, but then you got part of Antarctica is in a light green. That's a territory of ours? 
Yeah, because you were telling me this before the podcast because I noticed that. If, like, I mean, we aren't part of Antarctica. We do. Because I was going to ask follow-up questions, but I thought I'd wait till the microphone was recording. Okay, let's see if I know the answers. Yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> so is that it? Yeah, we own part of Antarctica. When did that happen? How much do we own? Uh, Why well, do we own it? Well, you see all the part that you just pointed out is highlighted in light green? Yeah. That's our part. That's a lot, though. Yeah, we got a lot of it because it's all essentially what's directly below us. It's like half of it. Who owns the other half? It's all divided up. Uh, New Zealand has a bit, I think. What would New Zealand need Antarctica for? Why would Australia need Antarctica? Yeah, why do we need Antarctica? We don't. That's another one of my questions. I imagine it's just we were there. So could I move there? You could try. Because I'm like, this is still Australia. If I lived there, would I have to vote? You probably would have to vote and you wouldn't need a passport to get there. That's what I'm putting out. Huh. That's what I'm going to say. But if I wanted to cross the borders, I would have to get like a different passport. I would have to like well, te- get, get a passport. Technically, you would have to bring a passport to go to a different part of Antarctica but I don't think there's anyone checking passports there (laughs) there's like 12 people on the whole continent yeah and one of them might check my passport yeah but what are they going to do because they're going to notice if there's a 13th person there but they won't need to check the passport because they're like wait a second where are you from you idiot that's Ben (laughs) oh sorry Ben I didn't see you there (laughs) didn't notice it was you but I think it's just our area we're in charge of looking after and I don't think there's any point in being there unless someone paying you to be there because there's no way to survive oh no that's quitter talk i mean there's we got penguins and stuff there don't we can you go skiing there i think there's mountains because that'd be awesome apart from the fact they wouldn't have any chairlifts apparently all of antarctica is one slow incline to the center oh my god so if you started in the center jumped on a snowboard you could just ride it to the coastline technically it's a very slow incline though well, i don't want to go too fast no yeah it'd definitely be like a green bunny slope yeah i assume though you'd pick up speed as you go like a small incline over several kilometers will build up speeds. Yeah, it would be dramatically quick, I'd imagine. (laughs) So I figure I'd like gradually get used to it before I'm going like 120 kilometers on the snowboard. No, that would pick up speed. Although I don't know much about snow and from Australian snow, which is essentially crushed ice Mm. made for us. I think Antarctica has like powder. So I think we wouldn't glide over it. If anything, we'd just sink into it. Like you'd be like, (laughs) you'd trudge all the way to the center of Antarctica with your dragging your snowboard behind you. Like, yes, the way back is going to be so much easier. Then you get on your board and you just sort of sink into it. Oh, that would suck. Why does Antarctica wreck it? I know. It's like you're a whole continent of snow. At least be good for skiing. Well, maybe we need to cultivate this. If you were to, like, get a bunch of rocks and just sort of build them up into a slope, the snow would cover it and it would freeze over and then you can open a ski resort. Could. That sounds like it would take a while, though. Where am I getting the rocks from? Do I need to get them shipped in? Well, I'm sure Antarctica has rocks. Just take them from the beaches. I'm sure you could, like, train penguins to help you, <laughs> which I think in itself would be a tourist attraction because penguins do pick up rocks. You know what? I'm not spotting any flaws in this plan. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's perfect. Yeah, you just get all the penguins to pick up a rock each because there's lots of penguins mm. and then you get them to follow you you do the little penguin walk all the way to well, you don't even have to be in the center just go in a little bit and then get them all to hand you the rocks and then you build a slope and then you charge like 29.95 for entry i think i have to charge a lot more than that to make my money back why you've only got penguins as employees <laughs> That's true. Do I pay them in fish or... Because they couldn't fish themselves. They're too busy... They got a bad union. Don't pay them anything. (laughs) They'll look after that. They'll figure it out. (laughs) There's like all these dead penguins laying around. (laughs) That's where the walruses come in. I just bring them in. And they just deal with that. Yeah, they eat them all. It's awesome. Circle of life. I'm pretty sure it's like really cold there though. Like as an (laughs) understatement. I mean, if you're planning to open a ski slope as a business, I think that's something you're going to have to deal with. But Antarctica is a bit beyond that. Like it's the kind of place where I'm pretty sure 
sure if like one of your zippers is touching your skin when you go outside, you could like lose like a limb. <laughs> That's awful. That's only what a, a half- weird thing to like deal with in life of just like is your zipper. I wouldn't wear things with zips. Well, you have to be zipped up or you'll die. But isn't there an alternative to zippers? Like I wouldn't use metal zippers. Why not plastic? Something that doesn't conduct the cold so much. Because I don't want to have, like, something of, like, oh, I forgot my zip this one time and now I don't have any fingers. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a real manufacturer's (laughs) issue. Well, just wear a jumper. Yeah. And mittens. What's your problem? (laughs) Then I think it's just that cold. Mm. What else we got about Australia? Do we want to look at our history? I mean, what do you remember from primary school? Aboriginals were all chilling here for a while, like a long while. And then some dude rocked up and went, this looks like a good place to build a prison. (laughs) The end. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they have pre-colonial history, which that's, I guess, the Aboriginal stuff. Yep, that's Aboriginal's chilling. I covered that. And that period lasted for 41,000 years. So not that long. Yeah, I mean, it's shorter than the time uh, Grey's Anatomy has been going on television for. (laughs) Definitely shorter than The Simpsons. Yeah, absolutely shorter than The Simpsons. Okay, so that's fun. And they did some paintings, which we've gone down on the Australia Wikipedia page to pre-colonial history. (laughs) And we're now looking at a picture that some Aboriginals put on a rock. Yeah. I mean, I think how nice is it that they were here for 41,000 years and we gave them a blurb on a Wikipedia page. (laughs) (laughs) You got pre-colonial history, huh? Yeah. Here's your blurb. Be happy. Two whole paragraphs. Don't spend them all in the one place. (laughs) We're even, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is the honest equivalent to that, you know, every uni speech. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land. Yeah, two paragraphs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have heard that come up in a few things where people say we'd like to honor the traditional people of the land. And I get it, but at the same time, it also feels a little hollow. Well, yeah, like, I think it's kind of rude. Yeah. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land. Well, if they traditionally own it and you'd like to acknowledge that, why are you not getting off their property? Because uh, that is the true conundrum at the whole thing of like going like, all right, we get it, stole the land, but where do we go from here? Because <laughs> we're not going back to England. Just let's drop that now. Yeah, well, we did steal it from them. Should we give it back? No, get him out. <laughs> Only real answers, people. If only there was something we could do. Well, I mean, we could give them some of it. If only there was just one thing that we could possibly give them. We could have endless ceremonies where we say sorry. Ah, there we go. If we just... We could either have one big ceremony, which goes for a day, where we say, I'm sorry, in a chant. Or we could sort of, uh, you know, spread them out across all speeches. If we just start every speech by saying, look, we're sorry we stole it, and then continue to have it stolen... Yeah, we can put it at the bottom of all our emails. Exactly. Yeah. The day that I have to send an email to an Aboriginal, that'll be, hey, now I'm on the team. Yeah. I'm making a difference. It is the most hollow... If anything, it's teasing. Yeah. Na 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 na, we stole from you. It would be more classy and I think more dignified to just not mention it. <laughs> if you're not going to do anything about it, stop bringing it up. <laughs> Do you know what I think would be really awesome, though? Being the first group of people alive. Because then you know there's no history that you have to be sorry for or anything (laughs) like that. Like, none of your... If you had no ancestors, then none of your ancestors could have fucked shit up for other people's ancestors. I like the premise. However, we would like to acknowledge uh, the traditional Neanderthal owners of this (laughs) land. And you go back to the Neanderthals. We would like to acknowledge the traditional primate apes owners of this land. (laughs) 
To oh. which, yeah, the monkeys, <laughs> we like to acknowledge the, uh, I don't know, dinosaurs or something. Rats. I, I'm not sure what came before monkeys that... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I want to be a single-celled organism. Ah! That just happened to appear on Earth. I don't know how it happened. Whatever scientists say, that's probably it. The first yeah, micro-cell. Well, yeah, that's me. And I'm like, I have no ancestors. <laughs> I'd like to acknowledge the rocks that came before me. Fuck those rocks. See, that's where it all went wrong. No, you guys have to apologize later for me offending the rocks. Like, I can be offensive now. I'm the ancestors who get to offend everyone. That's my point. We're all apologizing for stealing stuff because you said fuck the rocks. Yeah, now you got to get the rocks the land back. Uh, and it's all my fault. But the rocks are the land, so they already have it back. It's quite the conundrum. <laughs> Welcome to history. I think we've managed to make this unnecessarily confusing, but the point is, Aboriginals really got a raw end of this deal. <laughs> they did. All jokes aside, that kind of sucks. Plus, one thing I am genuinely naive about is, what is the Aboriginal struggle of these days? What's their struggle? Is it, like, harder to get a job if you're an Aboriginal or something like that? Is that something say, that happens? I'd say so. I'm pretty sure racism is still a thing. Yeah, is it? I mean, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty much a month in. It should have been fixed by now, right? But even if you're, like, not giving someone a job because they're Aboriginal, you'd, like, make up another reason, at least. Because you'd know that you're a racist douchebag. That's true. That's progress? I, 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 I want to say know. progress? It's, like... it's, it's the acknowledgement that we have stolen something. Like, mm. we would like to acknowledge that we're not going to give you this job because we are racist, but we're going to say it in this other way that is, like, picking at you. <laughs> you just don't have the experience we're looking for, or if you have that, it's the qualification, or... Or the pigment. Oh, wait, no, not uh, that last one, not that last one. No, 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 <laughs> forget that, forget that. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but it's just like, does it? I, like, I don't know. I'm genuinely naive. Because this is the thing with racism. I'm not racist, so I don't go around, like, belittling people of other races. And it's not like other white people meet up with me and go like, hey, I was super racist to this guy the other day. <laughs> so it's like, I don't ever experience it. It's not a part of my world. So when it comes to racism, naive. I love that whenever something comes up and it hasn't happened to you directly, mm. you're like, is that a thing? Does it exist? Mm. Never happened to me. I've never not been given a job because I'm not Aboriginal. Exactly. Does it even exist? I don't know. I grew up with rednecks, so I'm, I get privy. It's not like they rock up and go, oh, I was racist to this guy. They rock up and go, oh, there was some black people hanging around. You know, you just know they were up to no good. And, <laughs> and it's not because they were black. Now, that is the progress they've made. It's not because they were black, all right? It's because, insert the thing, which is an excuse for them hating black people. But it is because they're black. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> and it's also awkward for me because you're just sitting there like, well, you're a douchebag. Mm. How do I tell this person they're being a douchebag? Mm. So, yeah, it does exist. I'm sure it's hard. But more importantly, there is a generational struggle that they've gone through because well, what have they been left with? You can have some of that land up in the Northern Territory. <laughs> you know the part where none of us would go unless we're paid to? Northern Territory is a bit barren. I do remember when I was younger, I lived for a couple of years in Darwin. Oh, wow. And it was kind of like living in a country 
Town. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. Because we didn't even have a McDonald's. Whoa. When I would come up to visit my relatives in Queensland, it was like, oh my God, I can go to McDonald's. <laughs> and it was like going to Brisbane felt like going to the big city. Oh, absolutely. And it's like going to Brisbane should never feel like going to the big city. It's a small little city and we all know it. <laughs> it's true. I mean, geographically, it might be big. I know there's a fact that it's actually one of the largest cities because of the space. and. No, forget blah, blah. that. It's not it's a not. big city. It's a little city. We know it. <laughs> yeah. Melbourne and Sydney are as big as they get here. And even they're not particularly big cities. No, you've got to go like overseas to like New York or London or something. Like the amount of cities that have the population of Australia in them, mm. like uh, Cairo. Yeah. That's a big city. There is like 22 million people in that city. Well, that's like Tokyo has an insane amount of people. Yeah, millions. And it's like more people that's in Australia and it's like the size of Brisbane or something like that. Exactly. That's a city. Yeah. Like three skyscrapers <clears throat> and a city cat does not make a city. <laughs> All right. Three skyscrapers, one ferry, and like 20 bridges for some reason. Mm. That's not I mean, it gets the job done for what we need it for. It gets the job done. But so does Darwin for yeah. the job that needs to be done. There aren't that many people in Australia to justify having a city that big. And that's one of the things I actually really like about Australia. Because when you hear about those crowded countries, I automatically feel claustrophobic. Oh, yeah. yeah. You talk to me about Tokyo and I can feel the walls closing in on me. Like, especially when they talk about the trains. You know where they get pushed in? Oh, that's horrible, isn't it? Like you think, oh, there is no possible way I could get on this train. And some dude pushes you in and you're like a sardine in there. And And you're all just having to control your breathing so you can all live and fit together. Like I get annoyed when I get on a train in Brisbane and I can't get a seat where there isn't another guy (laughs) next to me. (laughs) What? I don't get a four-seater to myself. I know, right? Where are my feet going to go? Exactly! Even though when the security guard comes by, you know, you've got to take him down. That's right. But then when he goes, you put him back up. So yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's just a politeness. It's just an acknowledgement of his role. Yeah. That's all he wants is just a little power trip. It's not because we're disgusting people putting the soles of our shoes on a nice uh, cushioned seat. Yeah. But that Tokyo train shit, there is no way I could do that. Even if I had to go one stop, I'd be like, you know what, dude, I'll walk. I don't get how you get off at your stop if you're in the <laughs> middle of that. Oh, it's the Japanese. They have a system. You know they do. But they're not going to tell you. Like, you get on and you're like, oh, I've got to get off in four stops. There's nothing you can do because you try to get close to the thing, but then more people come on and push you further back. And it'd be like trying to swim upstream, but people instead of water. Like, you're slowly getting further and further from the goal that you're trying to get to. And the guys next to you are just, like, streamlining straight through it. Like, they're swimming through it like it's water. Yeah, like, they're not even breaking pace. Like, technically, if you were to remove all the people, they just look like they're walking normally <laughs> like how's he doing that how do you do that and then you try and do it and you get swept up in a riptide <laughs> by the end of it you're stuck at the train depot <laughs> and you still can't get off now i've seen footage of what it's like to live in hong kong mm. that's the scary one to me the size of the houses or the units i should say that they live in are tiny like they all do everything in the one space. And I know that we're so like space rich, I think is the term. I mean, this room that we're in right now home. would be a home there. Yeah. They have their kitchen, their bedroom, their everything room, all in the one spot. They just do it all in the one space, which I get how that's like, well, we are kind of wasteful of space. Like I have rooms that I don't really use. Like, I've never seen anyone in Australia with one of those Murphy beds, which are the beds that are built into the wall where you pull it down. down. And it's like, I've seen it a lot in movies, but I have never seen it in in real life in Australia. Why would you? It sounds like it's more expensive than just, you know, having the wall a bit further back. (laughs) 
I mean, I think that would be good for me because there'd be no under my bed. Every now and then I go under my bed and the amount of crap that's just under there that's been kicked under there and forgotten about. <laughs> the accumulation. And there's always that moment of, oh, that's where that was. <laughs> that thing I've been looking for for months. It turns out I was under the bed, the one place I was never going to look. Even though that's probably the first place you should look. Yeah, but I'm kind of a little scared of it. There might be some things I don't want to see. Yeah, sometimes food gets kicked under there, which also motivates why I have to search under there. Because I'm like, there's something smelling in this room. Yeah. And there's a trail of ants leading under the bed. I'm hearing rustling at night. (laughs) I really should look into that. Whereas if you live in Hong Kong, though, you spill your food. That's where you're sleeping. (laughs) You have to clean it up. And I think there is something to be said for separating where you like live sleep and eat like they should be Mm. i think they should be separate areas that's kind of like a studio apartment yeah but like smaller Mm. and there's like five people in it that's the one that always because they do this in japan too in tokyo that's what always gets me the idea that so the whole family just sleeps next to each other Mm. hell no no see i don't want to be able to see the toilet from bed yeah, like I want to be really close to it to get to it. I can I can deal with an ensuite so long as you can close the door. Mm. But if the toilet is like in the same room as the bed, oh yeah, can't do that. Like I never want to wake up and just see someone peeing. <laughs> as a general rule, <laughs> you just imagine that you wake up and like Ali's on like the bedside toilet just whispers to you, "Go back to sleep." It's okay, I'm just peeing. <laughs> I wasn't gonna flush because I didn't want to wake you. You're just like, it's okay, I'll just pretend this was a horrible dream. (laughs) (laughs) Again. (laughs) And then you realise you have to go now. Uh, No, knowing me and Ali and probably every one of us, if you ended up in that situation, every time one of you needed to pee, like, well, everyone has to get out of the apartment. (laughs) Go wait in the hall. Like, I'd rock up to do the podcast in Hong Kong because we'd be HKWR, (laughs) Hong Kong Wiki Review. I'd rock up to the door and there'd be Shannon just standing outside and she's like, oh, he's peeing. (laughs) All right, I guess we'll just wait till he's done. <laughs> uh, oh, God, could you imagine if in the corner of this room I just had a toilet there? Oh, oh. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you do, it would stink. Yeah, I think we'd be recording this at your place. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got plenty of room here, I guess, is the point of that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I remember when I lived in London, I paid... It was probably about basically the same rent I'm paying here. And I got a bedroom and I had to share a kitchen and a toilet and shower with a group of other people. Which is crazy. Yeah, I think there were like eight or nine other people living in the house, which that's a lot of roommates. That is a lot of people. That feels like too many. It is way too many. I imagine health reasons come into play for these sort of things. Like Mm. having that many people, like you just always be sick. There's got to be some problem with that. I don't know if this is just my Australian upbringing, which has taught me to fear things like that. Mm. Like the claustrophobia we've all been taught. Yeah. But having nine other people plus Shannon. Yeah. So making 10 in total. I'm trying Mm. to think of like, because we had, the top room had a group of three girls in there. There were two guys at the front. See, there was a lot of like Europeans there that slept in the same bed, but they weren't together. Like there were two guys who were sharing a bed because it was just cheaper on rent. Which that used to happen in the depression and stuff. Like Lyle and Hardy. Mm. Is that how you say it, Lyle? Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. They used to sleep in a bed together. Did they? Yeah. But that's because that was common because people were poor and you could only afford one bed and there's only enough space for one bed for everyone and it wasn't considered gay it was just normal it's a poverty thing well there's the same simon Pegg and nick frost apparently shared a bed for a while Hmm. but it is very european isn't it yeah yeah it's just like it only really happens with english people was it english people or were they oh they were polish yeah it was like european so even then it's like even more so yeah more so then polish people will sleep yeah anywhere with everything that they yeah 
I remember there were a bunch of Russian dudes there and one of the guys had his wife who lived with him and the Russian guys would like go out the back and get drunk and just like have heaps of bottles there and stuff. And then afterwards she would come out of the bedroom and tidy up the whole thing. Oh my God. Oh, that's terrible. It was weird. She was like this quiet girl who didn't speak much English. So you couldn't really speak to her either. And if you tried to, she was just wasn't interested. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. That sounds like the kind of thing that you film it and it wins the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, it was something you watch and go like, this is the thing that makes feminists mad. This is what they're pissed off about. This is the exact personification. Yeah. I'm stuck on the Cannes Film Festival. We need to find her, track her down and just film her. Because <laughs> it's that anti-protagonist. Uh, yeah. Where the main character, who's the star, says nothing the whole way through. Mm. But it's just all... It's like Last Days with Kurt Cobain. <laughs> you know, where it's just people talking at him. What would we call such a thing? Little Russian Lady. Ooh. I think she was Lithuanian, that one. Oh, oh, that's even better. Yeah. Somehow that just ups the ante. Mm. Oh, Lithuanian. Then we call it lithium. 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 Because she's like the power in the battery that makes everything go, but the unsung hero, but she's Lithuanian. Oh, so many levels. <laughs> so what, we track her down and find out if our movie has a happy ending or a sad ending? Oh, I, I don't see how it could be happy. <laughs> Unless she like leaves the dude, learns English, and then becomes a, I don't know, a feminist, like leader of a feminist movement or something. <laughs> Please tell me she wore the, the handkerchief around her head. No, she didn't have that. Ah, uh, well, do you reckon she'd wear one for the movie? Uh, we can have the actress who plays her wear one. Yeah, it's probably better to get an actress. Yeah, she played the part better. All right, fine. Because we'll have to translate what she says into English because I don't want subtitles in the movie. I always get bored when the subtitles. You have to get subtitles for the Cannes Film Festival. That's how you get the, the prize. That's you, true. You don't win if it's in English, especially because they're French. Yeah, and we'll shoot it in black and white. Yeah, we'll shoot it in black and white. It will be dubbed in French, uh, subtitled in English, spoken in Lithuanian. Sounds good. Very artsy. Yeah. And then you got to say Finn at the end. You've made it very clear about this. <laughs> well, that's how we end our Christmas specials. That's, that's how you know it's art. That's right. Because we're artists. Yeah. Finn means it's art. Yeah. All right. So that was Aboriginals. Yeah. <laughs> and that was pre-colonial history. That's right. Which is basically Aboriginals and whatever they did. I just imagine it was one big party. And then, like, this white guy came in and the music just, like, stopped. <laughs> like, do-do-do-do, we're having a great time. Do-do-do-do. And then Captain Cook's boat lands and then suddenly, Reek! everyone sort of stops and looks at him. Hey, guys, can I join the party? Sure, we can all be equals. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Why is that dude wearing a wig? I don't know, just be polite. He's clearly different we should give him a chance all right he's obviously not as advanced as us that's why he's got a wig that's why his clothes are inappropriate for this climate you see he's not able to withstand the temperatures that we have here and the sunlight and the exposure he's weaker than us so he has to put on a coat so let's just be sympathetic to the white guy and that's probably where it all started and uh, then captain cook shot a couple <laughs> And it really changed the mood. Hey, guys, I know I shot a couple of you. We're still cool, right? <laughs> sure, I, I guess. It's an odd thing to ask. <laughs> and then, yeah, he looked around and all the black people waved to him. And he went, okay, well, this place is clearly uninhabited. Uh, so let's build a prison. Yeah, the whole thing. Whole thing's a prison now. Let's see him escape from that one. <laughs> 
Oh, if only Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger were around back then, huh? <laughs> That's what they should do! Oh my god, I just realised there is a third escape plan. <laughs> I haven't watched it, but I saw it and went, really? Wait, there's a, really a third one? I didn't know there was a second one. There was a second one. Does it have Arnold Schwarzenegger and... I know that Sylvester Stallone's in it, but now there's a third one. Oh, please tell me at least it's another, like, actor from that period. Like <laughs> Bruce Willis or something like that, now he's stuck in prison with. There might be Arnie as well again, I don't know. But yeah, I saw the uh, trailer or like a thing on the TV guy that's coming up. Mm. I went, oh God, I don't know how long I could watch that for, but that's nice that they're doing it. But no, this is what they need to do. For the third one, what they should have done, they should have Ninja Turtled it and gone back in time. But instead of to feudal Japan, like the Ninja Turtles, they should go back in time. Sylvester Stallone wakes up in uh, colonial Australia and he's got to prove that he can escape from Australia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love that that involved a reference to the third Ninja Turtles movie, which nobody <laughs> seems to remember, which I'm glad you do because I thought I was the only one and I was going crazy. <laughs> no, I totally remember that. I love the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> you know the point where you like talk to people about a movie and no one remembers it and you think like, did I just make this up? Did it even exist? Because it sounds <laughs> implausible if you think about it. No, the Ninja Turtles went back in time to feudal Japan. Like, no, I think you're confused, dude. <laughs> like, there was a movie that I swore was a Star Wars movie, but it's not. It was about a kid, mm. and it was, like, Star Wars type stuff in it. And I bet if you saw it, you'd be like, dude, it's that. But because I was a kid, I'm like, yeah, it's Star Wars. It looks like Star Wars. It's not like Flash Gordon or something, is it? No, it was like a child... Like, you know the scene where Skywalker in Star Wars drops down into that pit and that big monster comes to eat him, but they choke it or something? Or he stabs it with a bone? Oh, the, the Rancor thing that, that in Jabba's palace when he drops through the trap door? Yes, that one. Yeah. Yeah, so it reminded me of that, but it's a little kid. And I'm doing a really bad job at explaining what it's like because I can barely remember it. Yeah, I was hoping to be able to tell you what this movie was, but mm. no, I have no clue. If, if anyone listening <laughs> knows, yeah. write in. <laughs> Yeah, but it was more common. I'm sure I've seen references. Like, every now and again, I've seen it come up on, like, ads for a split second. Like, it doesn't get its own ad, but it's filtered in with other stuff. And I go, that's that movie I thought was Star Wars, but now I can clearly see it's not. Imagine Star Wars mixed with never-ending story. Okay. We may have to pause. You've got that face like, oh, I have a challenge now. It sounds familiar. Like, I feel like I should know what you're talking about, but it's just nothing's clicking. Yeah. Also, because I'm describing it what, like, six-year-old Garth interpreted. Yeah, there's might be a riddle that gets solved on another episode. Yeah. Well, maybe put it in the show notes. We'll figure it out later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can look down in the show notes and see it now, it's there. If not, we didn't figure it out. It did not happen. No. But I assure you, we will try. <laughs> yes. But yeah, for years, I thought there was a Star Wars with just a child running around. This is pre-Anakin as a race thing, number one. <laughs> oh, my God. If it ended up being Star Wars episode one, I would have killed you. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. I was way younger than that. But yeah, so I understand your Ninja Turtles 3 <laughs> reference where I swear this was the thing and no one else seems to know what I'm talking about. Oh, you guys are talking about Star Wars? I loved it when the kid did this. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> And now I'm the crazy one. I mean, that Ninja Turtles 3 was a terrible movie, though. I like Samurai, <laughs> and I like Ninja Turtles, so I was on board. The only scene I really remember is when Leonardo is giving a kid CPR, and the woman's, like, freaking out, going, like, he's doing witchcraft, he's doing witchcraft. <laughs> it's like, no, he's saving your son. Because <laughs> they didn't know what CPR was. Which... 
I challenge that. I reckon the Japanese did. Yeah, when was CPR figured out? And because they had, like, I don't know, Eastern medicine stuff going on. White people were stupid enough to not understand that, like, pounding on the chest and, like, getting the lungs moving was a good way to make people breathe again. Mm. Like, that's pretty Western. We needed some guy to put a bunch of leeches on people for a couple hundred years and give us cocaine until eventually you went, oh, here's a way to bring someone back to life if they, like, their heart fails. Yeah, there was a weird period in human history where if you took the medicine of that day and age, doesn't matter where you are, it was probably more harmful than good. Absolutely. Yeah, a weird global thing that happened. Just superstition-based medicine. Yeah, slowly boiling down. I'm going to say it's not completely gone yet. No, no, no. There's still people who do, like, bloodletting and use leeches these days. Rhinoceroses are essentially extinct now because of people wanting their horn. Yeah. Tigers are essentially extinct now because people want their penis. And it's all because of bullshit reasons, yeah. Yeah, just no one can tell them this is not what happened. That's not... Real. It's weird. Yeah, pseudoscience killed the rhino. Yeah. It sounds like the next video killed the radio star song. Yeah. <laughs> pseudoscience killed the rhinoceros. I remember thinking of like song parody for video killed the radio star where I was going to do internet killed the video store. <laughs> and I thought that's clever and I haven't seen that before. And I looked it up on YouTube. There's like six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm Such like, I or- can't sing anyway. Such an original thought, Ben. Uh, Anything that you think of, someone's already thought of, put it on YouTube and then had like six people copy it. Yeah. That's like when I wrote that pen pineapple apple pen song. Oh, can you believe he uploaded it the day before us? I know, right? Then you saw it and you're like, well, nah, don't put it up. It'll just seem like we're copying. How successful could it be? Let's get a hundred views at most. Yeah. By his friends. If he has any. Does he look like he has friends? Yeah. Okay, so then Australia got some white people and we brought over England's finest. (laughs) Which it's one of those scary mixes where there were people there, which we're all taught, you know, they stole a loaf of bread or some candles or something. And that's why we're all here because they wanted to make it seem like, look, there were just a lot of people in jail and the crime rate was out of control. This is all because of the Industrial Revolution where suddenly there were factories and stuff. There's mass poverty. There's lots of problems. But they were all put in with the hardened criminals. So there was like these crazy guys and Brisbane was known for having the crazy guys. That makes sense. Like, I think Sydney is where, like, just the general populace were put. But Hobart and Brisbane were the places that they put, like, the real criminals. (laughs) And even more so, like, Stradbroke... Island or Peel Island, like the islands off the coast of Brisbane. That's where the really crazy people, like they brought them to Brisbane and went, oh, you're just a little even more crazy for these people. We got to put you on an island. Yeah, they have St. Helena Island out there. Is that the one? Yeah, that one has like a prison or something that's on there. And Mm. they say it's haunted by crazy convicts who died there. Which, fair enough. I mean, that is who died there. Yeah, which apparently anywhere old enough is haunted. Yeah. How long does it take for things to get haunted? Because if someone dies in a place, shouldn't that be enough for it to be hauntable? Yeah, and it's like you see these ghosts that appear that are in, like, old Victorian clothes. And it's like, where were you between now and then? Yeah, Have why you they... always been here? Yeah, like, why does it need, like, a lot of time? Like, do ghosts stack or something? I had a theory that no matter when you die, when you come back as a ghost, you're just dressed in Victorian clothing. Well, you know, that does make sense. I mean, if you could choose, keeping in mind that the weather is not a factor to any ghost, Hmm. wouldn't you dress up Victorian? It's kind of nice. Yeah, but I'd be looking at myself just like going, damn it, I look like Oliver Twist. Well, you wear the fanciest stuff. I'd be down for that. What, are you going to wear the crap you're wearing right now? Oh, you'd want like a fob watch and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. I am dying to get in a top hat. 
and like rock up and like have some ruffles, like have some penny loafers and stuff. I'd look schmack. It'd be great. Like coattails. Oh, that'd be so nice. (laughs) This is what you hope for the afterlife now. Because when people die, you go to this place where every item of clothing that was ever created also died and went there. (laughs) So you can wear whatever you want. Anything that's ever been conceived exists to wear. I don't like that much choice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just grab the first thing. I just feel like, can I just have a white t-shirt and jeans, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can I just have some tracky dacks? I'm just having a lazy day. And they're like, what shoes do you want? You have all of them to choose from. Like, oh, just those are fine. <laughs> These what, ones? Yeah, whatever. Whatever you're pointing to, yes. What, whatever's closest. So, Ben, um, cool choice with the ski boots. <laughs> I wasn't going to look. I wasn't going to look. Dunk, 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 <laughs> dunk. <laughs> Uh, but if you're told like you have all the clothes in the world to choose from, but once you put something on, that's it for eternity. Oh, oh my gosh. So you can't change now. Well, then I would end up in Victorian because I make stupid decisions <laughs> when it's permanent. <laughs> You'd go back and be like, I'm ready to change now. Like, no, you don't get to change, guys. You have to stay like that forever. We talked to you about this <laughs> several times. You're putting on the monocle and we're like, you realize you're going to have a monocle forever and you don't actually have an eye problem. Like it will actually give you an eye problem where you won't actually be able to see without the monocle anymore. Yeah, in fact, you probably will go blind in that <laughs> eye, which is weird for a ghost to do. You will never properly adjust. And like, you who just, cares? I want the monocle. Yeah, you just kept saying, I'm monocle man. Chip cheerio. You kept saying chip cheerio. We kept saying English people don't actually say that and you'll be stuck like this forever. And you said, it's not my face and this isn't the wind. <laughs> Dick. Now, I'd know that it would be permanent, but I just make bad decisions when there's that kind of pressure on me. Like, oh, I don't want to make a mistake. All right, I guess I guess the, uh, the spin doctor's hat... <laughs> That's why I would keep it simple. Yeah. That's why I'd go with the jeans and white t-shirt. Nice and easy. But it's always better to be overdressed than underdressed. And if it was made clear that you will be comfortable no matter what you're wearing. Like, comfort is not a thing. You're a ghost. You don't feel. This is purely aesthetic. You want to be able to get into, like, the ghost ball, don't you? Yeah, but, like, what do I want to, like, dress up as? Like, I don't want to have, like, a greaser jacket and look all... Hey, hey. That would be kind of cool. That's kind of tempting. And I don't want to be in a suit forever. Like, would I have to wear a tie forever? But yeah, what if, like, I want to, like, loosen up the collar and take it off? Would it just appear back on me again? And I'm like, ah. Oh. Well, maybe you could have it in a relaxed demeanor. You know, like a crooner when they're at the end of their set. And they sort of undo it to sort of show that they're really, like, you know, one of the common people now. Because I know you say I'd be comfortable no matter what. But I feel I wouldn't be with the tie done up. I feel that's a mental thing. No, where I, agree. I would just be like, no, I'm uncomfortable. I was like, no, but Ben, there's magical powers making you feel comfortable. I was like, no, but I, I really do feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I need to get this stuff. I'm claustrophobic. Get it off. <laughs> ben, it's a part of you. You have no feeling. You can't feel. No, I can. I can. <laughs> You're a ghost. You can't feel. Yeah, yeah. It's still just, can I, can I put on something else? It'd be some sort of placebo or hypochondria thing. I don't know. I'd end up with like some stupid St. Patrick's sunglasses or something. <laughs> like, yeah. Or like, no. <laughs> you know those glasses that were for like the New Year's 2000? <laughs> with the two and the zero either side? I'd have those for some reason. You realize it's like 20 years after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, these glasses are keepers. Okay. And that's the prison system in Australia. <laughs> 
Hasn't really changed much. No, it's pretty much the same thing. They just let us wander a little further now. Nationhood. Woo! Does that just... mean like how patriotic we are? No, that's like when we became a nation. Oh. On January 1st, 1901. So we haven't even been a nation for that long. Yeah, just uh, 119 years. Every time I saw that, I didn't really believe Federation for like the longest time because January 1st, 1901 is like a really suspicious date. It's like, you know, when people tell you, oh, I'm born on the 1st of January. Are you though? Was it on the 2nd and they thought, yeah, that's close enough. That's the date that's like the preset. Like, what time is it? Well, the clock's flashing 12. Oh, it must be the 1st of January. They must have organized it like that. Yeah, they would have put it in so it was effective the 1st of January. Or they had a really wicked New Year's and they woke up and like, well, I guess we're a country now. Yeah. Oh my god, you'd never believe the nut out. I got so smashed, became a country. Uh, some people wake up married to a stripper. <laughs> Other people wake up and the states have federated. But that does trip me out because before that, like, Queensland was a country, essentially. Hmm. It was Queensland. And they went to, we fought in the Boer War as Queensland, not as Australians. And that's why we have Breaker Morant. I never saw it, but I imagine that's something to do with it. Yeah, it'd be weird if we were all different countries. Like, there was the country of Sydney. Yeah, like New South Wales, Victoria. and Oh, yeah, country of New South Wales, yeah. We all got what you meant, Ben, but yeah. Yeah. But then you also... Tasmania, I'd be fine with. If they said Tasmania was its own country, I'd be like, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Makes sense. They make nice cherries. Yeah. It's also because we're used to the idea of, like, separate islands, separate country. Mm. It's the only continent that's a country. (laughs) Even Antarctica is diced up, as we established. Yeah. Every other continent has like several countries on it. It's only like the islands in the Pacific. It's like, oh, it's an island. So it has its own country. Well, you can't have a continent that's only got like seven countries on it. Yeah, you need more or less. Yeah. It's either all in or you got to dice it up a lot more. Look at how <laughs> Europe did it. Mm. And that took a lot of years and a lot of death. I mean, even like in the Pacific, there's several islands forming one country. Mm. Like, so one landmass doesn't equal one country. You need several landmasses. Like, that's why we have Tasmania included. Mm. Then why do they leave New Zealand out then? If you're going to include Tasmania, you may as well include New Zealand. Ah, uh, that's because they had a treaty with the Maoris. Uh. Because when they rocked up here, Captain Cook looked around and went, oh, there's nobody here. And the Aboriginals didn't really bother them. Like, they sort of went, well, we'll just do our thing. They'll do their thing. But when they rocked up in New Zealand, it's a small island. And Maoris are very big. And they're like, hey, we're just going to come on to your country. And they're like a warring people. They know how to war real good. (laughs) And they sort of rocked up and went, hey, you're like on our land. And that's like a big thing to us. I mean, there's got to be some joke about them being bouncers even back then. They really were. (laughs) Not in those shoes because we don't really know what shoes are. That would be so funny. Like just Captain Cook comes up and some dude's standing out the front. And he just looks and goes, oh, not in those shoes, mate. Oh, sorry, bro. Oh, look, bro. Come back with different shoes. Maybe take them off. Bring your ID. Tell I'll let you in. Yeah, maybe bring some girls. So yeah, New Zealand would have been a part of Australia if the Maoris didn't just go, nah, fuck off. That's my rendition of history. Yes. <laughs> this is Wiki Review's official stance <laughs> that New Zealand is not a part of Australia because they had Maoris in there. Very big and scary and know how to fight really well and they're ready to go. Aboriginals do know how to fight, but they had a different culture. They didn't see white people and go, all right, clearly we're up for a fight. Whereas the Maoris, smaller area, bigger people, always fighting each other. Oh, cool. It's like an interstate match now. (laughs) The Aboriginals would have looked around and gone like, eh, there's plenty of room. It's not like these guys are going to get in the way. Yeah. (laughs) How much could this possibly come up? There's plenty of watering holes for everybody. (laughs) Hey, guys, can you just move a little to the west? (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I'll tell you when to stop. (laughs) I do like the idea of like someone hit Perth and someone hit Sydney and did the exact, can you move east? Can you move west? And then these two Aboriginals meet in Alice Springs, like bump into each other. Oh, sorry, bro. Oh, 
Yeah, I was just trying to get out of the way of this white guy. Me too. <laughs> what do we do now? Hey, do you see that rock over there? That's Uluru. No, it's Air's rock now. <laughs> I'm Air and it's mine. <laughs> Watch me as I walk on it. Uh, do you remember when it was called Air's rock? How long ago was that? Well, it was always called Air's rock, no matter what they said. Well, people- now it's Uluru. Yeah, but everyone goes, uh, so at Uluru, you know, Air's rock. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, these days, I mean, younger people would never have heard of Ayers Rock before. Would they? I thought that it was... Because I thought it was in, like, the 90s they changed it. Oh, no one told me. Like, I know that we call it Uluru because that's the traditional name, but I'm pretty sure... They don't like Ayers Rock on any of the maps anymore. Did they take it off the signs there, though? Yeah, completely. They did a huge remaster. Ayers Rock does not exist on any documentation now it's just Uluru and you can't climb it. Yeah, but I bet there's still a few people listening right now who have a fridge magnet that says Air's Rock. Well, yeah, they couldn't recall all of them. Ha <laughs> ha! So you can exchange them for Uluru fridge magnets now. I bet they would do that. <laughs> they probably would. There's probably a service there where if you've got an old Air's Rock one, give it to us and we'll give you an Uluru one. <laughs> they walk in, they go, hi, I have this fridge magnet, but I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners. <laughs> Here you go, mate. Here's a Uluru. Uh, ah, cute. But yeah, it hasn't been Airs Rock for like ages. Oh, okay. I remember there was a thing that they were going to rename Stradbroke as well, but I don't know how far they got with it. Yeah. It probably depends on the name. Like Uluru, we can all sort of pronounce. Mm. <laughs> That's probably a big factor in a lot of these things. Can we pronounce it? Yeah, I don't know what they were going to rename Stradbroke to. I'll see if I can... Bring it up and then attempt to pronounce it. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, here we go. Should be Meningibar. Meningibar? Isn't that a place already? Meningibar. That's the suburb on it. Well, they're saying that the North Island should be that. So maybe they've already done it. Ah. Or maybe people I know go, I went to Meningibar. And I'm like, where? And they went, Stradbroke Island. Ah. And I thought they just meant like, oh, you know, the suburb on Stradbroke Island. Maybe it's been renamed already. I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe there's just people trying to use the correct name. And maybe this is just my whole Ayers Rock effect, like we just discussed, where I thought it's still called Ayers Rock, even though it's it's probably called Uluru, but everyone still says Ayers Rock. Apparently, no, it's just people say that to me, because I'm stupid. Yeah, apparently we've got a lot of landmarks here named after people that by today's standards are racist and horrific. So we've got to rename all of them. All of them. All of them. So you've got to learn all new places now. Okay. So yeah, when if someone says they're up to Meningibar, how do you pronounce it? Meningibar. Meningibara. If they say they go in there, they go into Stradbrook or North Stradbrook. North Stradbrook. Mingeriba. Meningiba. Mingeriba. Mingeriba. I got it. Mingeriba. <coughs> Probably totally wrong. Yeah. Well, it's annoying trying to pronounce words from different cultures because they're not structured the same way that you're used to. Yeah. Because you look at a word like that and you try and pronounce it the same way you would if it was an English word. Yeah. But then. I mean, it's written in English because they don't really have a written language for it. So it's an English speaker's interpretation of how that would be spelt, mm. which they went, we need a butter. So they don't have any, like, writing down. How do they all remember that that's what it was called? Because they all talk to each other. Oh, that's how that's it... so weird. Our culture doesn't do that. Yeah, I know. We're so past that. Yeah. You know, back in the good old days when people used to converse rather than writing with their quills and ink. <laughs> Oh, these children. All right. And then going back to Australia. So we became a country in 1901. Yes. And then like 10 years later, we had to go as a country and fight World War One because as a country, we had to defend Europe. Really? We've only been like a country for like 10 years and already we got beef. Yeah, straight up. Well, it was because our homies like got uh, dissed. Like UK was like, yo, Australia, they talking mad dope shit about me, yo. And we like, we got your back, England. You like my commonwealth, brah. And then we busted caps 
and it turned out that Turkish people busted caps a little better than us. Yeah, because we went and fought in Gallipoli. I haven't really heard how that ended, but judging by the way how everyone acts about it, we obviously won, right? Well, clearly. Clearly. It was known as the Australian Turkish Delight. Mm-hmm. Oh, we killed that one. Isn't, like, World War One and World War Two is just, like, fuck up after fuck up on, like, both sides. Especially World War One. There was a lot of stupidity in World War One. A lot of, I want to say, inbred nobility. People who had no concept of reality were in charge of millions of people. It was the first time that they had uh, smokeless gunpowder and reloaded rifles in a mass war. So up until then, they had like, you know, Napoleonic. So they'd have a musket where so everyone stands in a line and they march slowly towards the enemy who's also marching towards them. And then when you get sort of like close enough, you all put down your thing because you got to load it down the barrel. You take your time and then you all fire at once. And then there's this big smoke cloud because you all fired your smoke. And the enemy also fired their smoke. And they're very inaccurate. So, you know, some of you guys died. A lot of you guys died, but not many. But after the smoke, you couldn't really see what you were shooting. And they couldn't see what they were shooting. And it took a long time to shoot them. So that was kind of the best they could do with those rifles. It reminds me of chess in a way. Yes. It's kind of like fighting a war the same way you'd play chess. Yeah, which up until smokeless cartridge rear-loaded rifles, all war was kind of chess, you know, when you had to actually go and stab someone. Yeah, and the strategies they used in the Civil War were probably better to use with bows and arrows and swords. Yes. With guns, it's kind of stupid. You're just waiting to be shot. Essentially. And cannonballs really changed a lot of things. Although that was the same as catapults and trebuchets. Did you know that Australian, like, soldiers you couldn't do corporal punishment on? Like, they never had any Australian soldiers go in front of the firing squad. Really? Wasn't that what Breaker Moran was all about? I think oh. there might have been, like, one or two, but that was sort Sorry, of... Sorry, that was the Boer War. That's pre-Australia. Yeah. That was Queensland as a New South Welshman. That was England. Yeah, I think there were one or two that <laughs> kicked up a stir, but essentially... If, like, say there was a bunch of soldiers and, like, all the English people who were involved, they would get shot. The Australian guy, he wasn't allowed to be shot because he's Australian. Ah, like, are you saying that, oh, because of, like, diplomatic immunity? Or are you saying that, like, the Australian army does not shoot their... Australian armies made a thing that they don't shoot their own. Oh, that's nice. They never put an Australian in front of the firing squad. You know, I was always sceptical about joining the army on the idea of, like, well, they kind of own you and there's nothing you can do about (laughs) it. But really, there's only so much they can do about it to you. So maybe I should join the army now. And then, like, once I get that paycheck, just, you know, go spend it. Australia has always been heavily against capital punishment. As soon as we were able to do our own thing, that's one of the first things that went out the window. Oh, we had capital punishment for a while, didn't we? I think, like, when we were, like, like more owned by the English, but as we became our own country, it just went away, didn't it? Because when did we stop hanging people? Look, can we look this up? Yeah. I have no knowledge of the actual time. People have told me stories. I the last person hung in Australia. Oh, look at that. Did you see that? What? Isn't that crazy? Last person hanged in Australia. No shit. I, all I typed in was last P. How did like it- Like P-E. And Can I don't know, dude, this, this is creepy, eh? I mean, we've got a microphone. You've never actually thought this before, have you? No, this is like Google reading my mind. Like, is Google a fan of Wiki Review? Oh, thank God. You know, if there's one person I wanted to be a fan, <laughs> it's Google. Because I don't know if I'm creeped out or flattered. I it's know. one of the two. They know us. Oh. It is weird how much we get sidetracked by the autofill on Google. Like, anytime we search something, we just type in the first couple of letters and go, oh my God, this is also what it says. People make a big deal about Google, but the amount of times I've typed in, like, two letters and the entire thing I've wondered has come up, <laughs> it's whoever's working that is doing a great job. The autocorrect person at Google, like, give them a raise. 
I don't know what it is. I don't know how you figure this crap out, but that is genius. Or maybe people are just more, like, predictable than we thought. Maybe. Although, whoever does uh, the phone predictive text, like, you need to talk to the Google guy. Yeah. Because I am constantly fighting autocorrect when I type texts. It just doesn't believe me when I say a word. (laughs) I put in a word, it's like, no, no, you meant this. So then I have to go back, delete. Put it in. Okay, let's go. There's an experiment that I do with this, right? And I'll try it with you right now. Is I take out my phone and I open Garth Remington where I have the message. And straight away, it gives me the things that it thinks that I'm most likely to type in first. Oh, because this is... I, yeah, and I'm. So the first thing, the most likely thing it reckons I'm going to say to you is I. Yeah, because you're going to give your opinion about something. So my theory is, is if I mash this button saying like what the most likely thing I'm going to say next is, it should send you a text that is the most likely thing that I should say to you. Are you saying you're going to like make choices from the three or you're just going to hit it randomly? I'm just going to hit the first one, the most likely one. Okay. So you got, I just got home from the vet today and I'm going to call you when I get home I love you well that <laughs> that's took a weird whole... that took a weird one I don't like where that ended up Ben <laughs> apparently I love you God okay. my phone has found deep-seated feelings I have for you I love how you jump back in your seat soon as it's like I love you I need a little space I do like that it said I just got home and I'll call you when I get home <laughs> like just to completely like let everyone know before I say I love you Garth like oh this is just you know computer stuff see it doesn't even make sense I love Love you. <laughs> oh, I said it, but then I can back out of it if he acts weird. He's acting weird. Oh, mate, these computers. Uh, All right, let's be fair. Let's be fair. <laughs> All right, well, I'll send that to you, and then you can Please see. Please don't. What, and now we now already sent. Now yeah. we're seeing what your reply is. Okay. <laughs> It's going to be a weird message if Ali ever looks through your messages. Yeah, this is not going to end the way you think it will. Okay. So Ben's home from the vet, and he's going to call you, and he okay. loves you. So just the one on the left is... Because mine are I, hey, and I'm. Ah, so I had yeah instead of hey. (laughs) So it reckons I... Will you go the first one? So I love (laughs) you. (laughs) You love... You said it straight off the bat. There's no... My darling (laughs) angel. And thank you for your... Getting ready for your birthday and you have a wonderful time with your family. Hey, so I love you, my darling angel, and thank you for getting ready for your birthday and you have a wonderful time with your family. (laughs) The weird thing is, judging by the look of it, it probably is taking not a text that you would send specifically to, to the person. Everyone. Like, your majority of texts. And yours, in the same case of mine, seems to be <laughs> our partners. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> or oh someone we don't want our partner to know about. <laughs> my gosh. Because, yeah, my I got home from the vet was when our cat was sick. I was constantly taking him into the mm. vet. And that puts the count up. Yeah, so I was constantly sending her messages going yep home from the vet now because i would always have to be the one to take him in all right well we learned something about predictive text then (laughs) apparently google prediction is way better yeah you guys the samson and the iphone people need to talk to the google person anyways hey 
Let's end this awkward moment. <laughs> Who was that last person hanged in Australia? When was that done? 19 dickety five. 65. Why did I say dickety? Also, in the 60s, we were hanging people. Yeah, I take yeah. back what I said. We love capital punishment. So yeah. recently, we've gone off it. Yeah, they're very anti it now, but... Oh, imagine being, like, the last person. Yeah, this guy. His name was Ronald Joseph Ryan. Now, I hear about this because I've heard all the different angles from this. Okay, and it actually says this here. People make this big deal, like, oh, we don't do capital punishment in Australia because there's this big anti-thing. Did you know the last person hung in Australia was innocent? Was he? Let me tell you what he was innocent of. He was the last person to be legally executed in Australia. Ryan was found guilty of shooting and killing Water George Hodson during an escape during Pentridge Prison, Victoria, in 1965. So, he was in a prison escape. Yes. And he was shooting at guards (laughs) with a gun trying to escape a prison. What they found out later when they did trajectories and where he was standing and stuff, there is no way his bullet could have killed that cop. So he got shot by another cop. Oh, no, he got shot by another guy who was escaping with him. Ah. A bunch of guys were escaping together, shooting at the police. And for some reason, people like to make a big deal. that See, he didn't actually shoot him, so he should have been hung. He's as guilty as the guy who shot him. Well, the rule is in America, like, let's say you and I were cruising somewhere and I pulled out a gun and shot a dude. Because you're with me and involved in that, like, if if we were robbing him and you shot a dude, because we're involved in an illegal act where someone was killed, you would also get the death penalty for the murder, even though you didn't pull the trigger. Oh, would they get the death penalty? I thought- Yeah, that's a thing. Really? That's a thing in America? Yeah, yeah. I was watching on Netflix a bunch of these, like, (laughs) death row things and- Oh, that's crazy. People who are innocent and shit like that who- My friends- Shot someone, so I'm gonna die. Yeah. Uh, There's whole shows on that on Netflix. That's crazy. So let's have a look at some of these other things that came up with. Last person guillotined is a new one. Ooh, they're adding to it. We should Getting just do a new podcast that's just based on the autocorrect. That's not a bad idea. Google autocorrect, where you just type in a letter and see what comes up. But is it all based on other people or does it also like take into account what you search for? Because we should probably figure that out. It probably would affect because now we're looking up like executions and stuff. They chucked in guillotine here for us. And okay. that was Hamuda Jadujibu. Hamida the Jambo. Yeah, yours is probably a better pronunciation. And it was in 1977. Like yeah. Star Wars was in cinemas and someone was being guillotined. Mm. Yeah, you think though it would have been like, when you say like, when did they stop guillotining? It would have been like, you know, 16 something. Yeah, you know, like that Mary. Antoinette. Yeah, Obviously, that was about the end. When it said last person guillotined, I wouldn't have been surprised if it said Marie Antoinette. I'd be like, yeah, possibly they got rid of it after that. Obviously, right? But no, they kept that going. I mean, they still shoot people. Yeah. Do you reckon you'd like being guillotined as far as getting killed goes? Like, I know no execution is good, but where would you rate it on the list of if you had to be executed? Well, when they brought it in, it was actually brought in as a much more humane way to kill people. Yeah, but as soon as they add that fact in that your head stays alive for seven seconds after it gets chopped off, that's the part that fucks with me. If it died straight away, I'd be fine. Yeah, if it was straight death, I'd be cool. But then you probably wouldn't feel much because it's all been disconnected. Yeah, but like, what if there's like a basket with other heads in it and then your head falls onto it and you're like touching dead heads and you're like, ah, gross. Oh, the last thing you do is like, because you have no power over it, is like you're kissing another dude. What if like the whole super right wing religion Bible stuff was right? Right, and like gay people don't go to heaven and like the last thing that your head did was like touch lips with another dead head and uh. like that's how you didn't get into heaven wouldn't you be pissed it would be annoying <laughs> in hell like oh that's annoying <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think the guillotine would rate it's definitely above stoning which is 
Still a thing. Yeah, stoning's got to be the worst. Yeah, and I've seen, like, beheading is definitely below guillotining. Yeah, leaving it to a machine feels better. Even though it is a crude machine, it's still a but machine. It, it locks you in mm. and does it. Whereas, yeah, the beheading, you know, the guy has to have his eye in. Though I do like the idea with the beheading that I could just rest my head on a stump rather than have it, like, caged in. Kind of makes me feel claustrophobic. But don't worry, you'll be free of that soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that claustrophobia is going to be just fine later. And also with chopping your head off, you know there's a good chance they put it on a spike or something like that. Yeah, which that's pretty badass. At least you get to be put on display. True. I think shooting might be worse than guillotining. Like, shooting could be the best, but it, no, I it's think not it's guaranteed. I think shooting is worse than guillotining. But if you got shot in the head, would you feel it? Well, they don't shoot you in the head, they shoot you in the chest. Yeah, why do they shoot you in the chest? I don't know, open casket. So they could put your head on a spike, probably. <laughs> I mean, how long do you survive after you've been shot by the bullet? Probably longer than getting your head cut off. Electric chair feels claustrophobic to me. The electric chair scares the hell out of me. That looks like something... I mean, I don't want a part of. Like, <laughs> it I looks think, like it hurts a I, lot. I think I'd rather be shot than electrocuted. What about gas chamber? That's like drowning someone, but in air. Or is it like when you monoxide someone, like, you know, when someone commits suicide, where you just sort of slowly fade out? Um, I think it's the fade out one. I mean, you assume that they would go as humane as possible. I think it literally is carbon monoxide. Oh, that might be all right, because that'd be kind of trippy. And... That one they probably wouldn't need to strap you down for. Mm. They probably do, but they wouldn't need to because you're in a chamber. Yeah, that'd be good. I could just walk around until I die. But then why do they don't do the gas chamber anymore? Maybe it's inefficient. I guess so. Maybe like Hitler gave it a bad vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, another thing he ruined. Yeah, it just ruined it for everyone. You can't have gas chambers or that moustache anymore. (laughs) And also the swastika. I know it was a symbol of peace before, but it means something way different now. Your opportunity (laughs) is long gone. They're not bringing that back. You can't save it. (laughs) All right, so that guy died from guillotine. What other ways can you die? I don't know. We can see what it comes up with in the autocorrect. Uh... No, it's gone back to, like, the moon and shit. Yeah. Ah, screw it. Yeah, I'm out of good ones. Google, you're failing. All right, back to Australia Day. Yeah, back to the Wikipedia page we were actually doing the episode about. Yeah, which, by the way, I hope you're all having, like, a nice barbecue and listening to Triple J's Hottest 100, if that's still a thing. Ooh, speaking of barbecue, I did see it. It's jumping down the page a bit, but they had something for cuisine. I want to make sure we get time for that. Yeah, let's jump to that now, because... Australian cuisine is kind of an oxymoron. Like, what, wait, what, what are we claiming? Bush Paragraph. tucker. It's just like twigs and shit that you find in the wild and you convince foreigners that they can eat. Bush tucker. You mean like just stuff that doesn't kill you? Yeah. Did you ever go out into like the bush with some person? Like usually schools did it and they'd be like, you can eat termites and shit. Didn't go out in the bush, but I did watch, yeah, like Bush Tucker Man show us all that stuff. Yeah. I remember at our school, they would make sure that they would get us into the whole culture and the bush thing and have Aboriginals come out and do talks for us. Uh, We were woke back before it was a thing. Oh, definitely. Very progressive. Way ahead of our time. Oh my God. Did you know this? That Dim Sim is Australian. Get out of here. Huh. And Chico Roll, which, yeah. Uh, It turns out that a Dim Sim is Chinese as a fortune cookie. Yeah. Which does make sense because it does sound like something a white person would call a Chinese thing. It sounds like a racial slur. It does. See that Sim? He's Dim. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Dim Sim. 
And the Chico roll. Chico rolls are awesome. Yeah. They're kind of like a crunchy spring rolls. They're like yeah. a crunchy spring roll. Aussie spring roll, mate. And also, I guess we cannot talk about Australian food without bringing up the one thing that nobody is on the fence about. You have an opinion where you absolutely love it or you hate it. Vegemite. What are your thoughts on the brown goo we put on our toast? I almost feel like I'm being an agitator right now, but yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I don't really mind either way. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? You're on the fence. You're the one person in Australia who doesn't have an opinion about Vegemite. Like, I get why people don't like it. I also understand people do like it. I'll eat it and I'll put it on my toast. It's not my preference. I haven't eaten it since I was like six. It's not that I won't eat it. It's that I don't really care much for it. Shannon loves it, and I hate that Shannon loves it. <laughs> because when she has Vegemite on toast, I, I won't kiss her for ages afterwards. Just take no, that away. No, go away. I even sit on, like, a different section of the couch going, like, no, I can still smell the Vegemite on your breath. <laughs> wow. Yeah. If it were up to me, we would get divorced for those brief periods <laughs> and remarried after the Vegemite flavor's gone. After she's brushed her teeth. Yeah. <laughs> then we'll talk. Now, that's one of those, like, Australia doesn't have a lot of stuff. So we had a thing. Someone invented a thing. And we went, hey, Australia's got a thing. It's not very good. Shut up. It's a thing. It's Australian. Be supportive. Oh, God. Now, Pavlova. I'm just going to put this out there. Pavlova rocks. Oh, Pavlova rocks. No one's arguing. Oh, good. I thought you were going to say something bad about Pavlova. This podcast is almost finished. (laughs) Did we nearly get podcast divorced? Yeah, that was it. It was just like, out. (laughs) Out. We're done. No more discussion. No, Pavlova is awesome. But is it actually Australian? I always thought it was from New Zealand. Well, I thought it came from, like, I don't know, Europe. It doesn't sound like a thing that was invented here. Apparently it was. Can we click Pavlova? Because I want to know the actual story here. Dessert named after the Russian ballerina Anna Pavlova. It is a meringue dessert with a crisp crust and blah, blah, blah. We know all that stuff. It's believed to be created in honor of the dancer, either during or after one of her tours to Australia and New Zealand. Okay, so that's that no makes sense. No way! So it was made for a Russian ballet dancer. Which, uh, that's how you thank a uh, Russian ballerina by making the most sugary dessert on the planet and saying, hey, this is named after you. You want some? No, I am trained uh, dancer. I cannot eat these sugars. Oh, come on, be polite. Have a go. You know, she probably wasn't even real. It was probably just some catfishing thing. (laughs) It's like an old day scam. Anytime I hear like some girl from Russia, it's like, it's a scam. There's no women in Russia. (laughs) Don't be stupid. They're all just pictures. God, you're so stupid. But no, I reckon that it was like a jealous woman who saw this like skinny bitch rock up and prance around on her toes. Like, oh, I'm a mum, all right? I don't have time to be exercising and flexing all over the place. I saw the way my man was looking at her. I'll fix her up. Here, have some cream. Eat some cream and some sugar. Oh my God, I could totally go for a pavlova right now. I know, it's crazy, right? Oh, uh, can we get off this? Because I keep looking at the picture and it's hungry. And I'm annoyed that I'm recording a podcast with you and not eating a pavlova. Agreed. If I can right. pick between those two things right now, I know pavlova. which one I would pick. Every time I'll pick the pavlova. <laughs> okay, uh. so, all right, we have confirmed pavlova is actually Australian or New Zealand. But that's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, Russell Crowe. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it doesn't matter if New Zealand had it. It's ours now. What are you going to do? Huh? And then we push them a little bit. Then run because they've got Maoris. Uh, and Lemmingtons they have on here as well. They rock as well. I love Lemmingtons. Now, Ali's a big Lemmington person and I like a Lemmington. Nothing wrong with a Lemmington. <clears throat> 
But if given the option, like when we go to a bakery, Ali's like, oh, can I get a lamington? I think I'm going to have to have a lamington. When I'm at the bakery, think of it, all the options at a bakery. I never think lamington. I don't usually go lamington at a bakery, but the one thing I have gotten into is, have you gone to Costco? No, never. Is they have lamingtons there that they make. And the great theme that they have at Costco is imagine like a reasonably sized tray of lamingtons. Yeah. It's twice as big as that. Now we're talking. It's huge. And so you get like 30 of these bloody lamingtons in this tray. (laughs) And so you end up spending the whole week like chowing down on them. And me, we've gone through this on the podcast. When it comes to treats like that, I have no self-control. I put the tray down and I just keep eating until I feel sick. Yes. (laughs) I throw up a little bit, make some room, keep on chowing. And the one thing, and you can hear the excitement in my voice of seeing this one lamingtons on here. I've actually got some lamingtons. And after this podcast, I'm totally eating lamingtons. I'm glad we're done with pavlova because god damn it I've got some lamingtons yeah I'm still sore about the pavlova but I've got lamingtons I can mm. do something about that one can we confirm that it is Australian though yes yeah. I want to be surprised and learn it's not an Australian cake made from squares blah 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 origins Maurice France a professor so the guy's last name's France <laughs> at the University of Southern Queensland oh no sorry this is, that's not the guy who made it um, he I was believed- gonna say did you really take a uni degree to make a lamington <laughs> Who has examined the question in depth Believes that it is certain that Lamingtons were named after either Lord Lamington Or who served as Oh get to the freaking answer Sorry It says it's an Australian treat But was it invented in Australia? One account suggests that the Lamington was first served in Toowoomba (laughs) No way When Toowoomba gets credit Yeah Alright It's weird to hear that anything of value came out of Toowoomba (laughs) Ha (laughs) Uh, If you're from Toowoomba, I'm sorry, but you get it. Look around, look left, (laughs) look right, and then question, all right? (laughs) When Lord Lamington took his entourage to Harlexton House to escape the steamy heat of Brisbane, he went to Toowoomba and they served him at Lamington. Oh my God, Lord Lamington. (laughs) All right, so that's Australian, I believe. It was invented in Toowoomba. That blows my mind. Sheesh. And they got meat pies. Which, Australia didn't invent that. Yeah. Do we have anything specific that's, like, specific to an Australian meat pie? I mean, you could say, like, kangaroo meat, but that's not, like, the original thing. Did we invent the hand-sized pie? I don't think so. Because it says an Australian or New Zealand meat pie is a hand-sized meat pie. Containing diced or minced meat and gravy, sometimes with onions, mushrooms, cheese, and often consumed as a takeaway food snack. Yes. That's where we get them. Servos. Everyone's eating a pie, except yep. for a couple of people. They're weird. Anyone who hasn't eaten a pie in their life is weird. Yeah, them vegetarians, I tell you. <laughs> there are apple pies. That is true, but this is, we're talking about meat pies right now. Yeah, that's true. But still, before you're a vegetarian. I do when like you're on the, the fence. <laughs> I do like the idea of a pie. Like All it is is just like, hey, you see that thing that people like? What if we put pastry on it? Just wrap it in pastry. It's the Australian uh, dumpling. It's the European version of the dumpling. Well, we actually have in our house a pie maker. Shannon went through a stage where she put all weird things like hot dog makers and pie makers and pancake makers and waffle irons. And we got all this crazy shit. Oh, that's cool. And so we we whipped out the pie maker and we've realized that like if we have spaghetti bolognese or something beforehand, you just cook a little extra meat. Yep. And then the next night you have bolognese pies. Ooh. And it's actually gotten to the point where we've tried to see what of the leftovers from the night before we can turn 
turn into a pie. <laughs> and I prefer the pie version of it than the original meal the night before. Yes. I'm now picking stuff that I think would make great pies. I'll eat whatever crap just because I know that's a good after effect. Yeah, even the night before, I'm trying not to eat too much of it because I'm like, that'll be less <laughs> pie tomorrow. <laughs> Do you have to make the pastry? No, we just buy the pastry from like Woolworths. It's just in the frozen oh. section. So you just get the pastries, you put it in the thing. Because I'm like, it sounds like a jaffle. It pretty much is. But it kind of looks like a jaffle iron, except it's dinted in for pies. You get the pastry, it, gets you, it gives you a cutter where you can cut out the right size. You put it in the bottom, fill it with meat, put it on top, close it like a jaffle iron. Boom, you got a pie. Hmm, that's pretty cool. Good investment. Probably the best one that she's bought out of all of them. Like we got a donut maker, never used it once. Really? Yeah, the donuts look awful. I've seen the box. They don't, do they taste good? Uh, like I no. said, never used it once. Never even tried it. We've had it for like six years. We talk about using it. And it's got a little recipe book we flick through every now and then, but never once turned it on. It probably is too much because you have to actually make the batter for that one. Mm. Like pie maker, it's just taking leftovers and these things that you buy from like straight from the supermarket Mm. that's something that's achievable in my world the hot dog maker I thought was actually kind of genius really because you say hot dog maker does it actually make the sausage it doesn't make the sausage what it is does it make the bread roll (laughs) no then it's not making all you're doing is boiling and then putting freaking does it put it into the what what does it do (laughs) how does it how is it a hot dog maker Essentially, it's just a container that it steams the hot dogs in. And so what you do is you buy, you don't buy normal sausages. You go and buy hot dogs from like the yeah, those, the fridge and the Woolworths again. The giant Cheerios, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you put them in there and you just leave them for like five minutes and they heat up. Oh. And then you can like pick it out, put it on a bun and eat it straight away. And the good thing about this is you just set it up in front of the TV, plug it in, start watching and then as you feel like a hot dog, you just pull one out and you've got a freshly heated oh, wow. hot dog. So that's like like what they have in the hot dog cart sort of thing where they go, hot dogs here. Yeah. I didn't know that was steamed. So essentially it just keeps it warm in front of you so you can continuously keep eating hot hot dogs. So it's not a hot dog maker, it's a hot dog warmer. Essentially, yeah. And it's awesome. So you don't have to cook them. It just like keeps them warm and that's good enough. Well, hot dogs are already cooked. Like the Cheerios and stuff you get, they're already cooked. Yeah, because you, you just got to heat. Yeah, you just got to heat them up. That's why you can't put actual sausages in there because actual sausages are raw. Yeah. See, that's where I was going wrong. In my head, I'm like, don't you put them in boiling water and then the skins always pop? But that's because they're not meant to get that hot. Mm. They're already cooked. You just steam them. So essentially, you bought a fancy steamer. But that sounds like it's portable and convenient. Yes. Like, you could steam other stuff in there. Mm. We oh. don't. We just do the hot dogs, but we yeah. could. I mean, whatever you did steam in there would probably end up smelling like hot dog. <laughs> popcorn maker, that was a waste of money. Yeah, like, how's that any better? Yeah, it's like, when do I eat popcorn? I only eat popcorn when I'm watching movies, and I can never be bothered making it home. And also those bags that you can buy, that's they not- do the job perfectly well. That's what I was going to say. How can you improve on the bag? Yeah. There's nothing to clean. Because <laughs> essentially we're getting these bags, opening it up and pouring that into the popcorn maker and it's like it already had a device for making this you're taking it out of the device to put it in the other device and is it doing a superior job what does it do that makes it better it kind of reminded me of those people who heat up like microwave dinners and then put it on a proper plate yeah like why just eat it in the little container it has its own little compartments for each meat and stuff yeah, as soon as I found out that you could eat the, you know, those little fun size boxes of cereal that you can get mm. and how you can use it as a bowl and yeah. just pour the milk in. As <laughs> yes. soon as I found that out, that's how I always do it. This is your Even if now. bowl is an option, I'm just like, no, it was built for this. That's how I'm using it. <laughs> uh, I couldn't handle it because it's in a bag. Mm. And I just know that I'd, as I'm reaching in with my spoon, it'd move around and I'd eventually, 
I, oh, it's so much worse. It's uh, so much worse than using a bowl, but I have to do it every time because that's the thing. It's not official. Like, you actually have a bowl underneath it for all the spillage. <laughs> but the point is you're not putting it in a bowl because it has a use. It's designed that way. Yeah, it's probably the same logic people use when they use chopsticks when they're eating Chinese food. It's like, <laughs> why not just use a fork? That's what you meant to do. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm cultured, damn it. <laughs> Oh. oh, that's hilarious. No, I am the fork guy to Chinese restaurant, though. I'm like, I don't want to use the sticks. That's stupid. I, I know how to, but I don't want to. I chopstick until it gets, like, annoying. The only th- one that I think kind of works easier with is sushi. Yes, absolutely agreed. You can't really knife or yeah. fork it. There's no need for a knife. And if you put a fork in, it kind of wrecks it. Yeah, because you're hitting it in the center where it's going to be compromised and fall mm. apart. Sushi's designed to be gripped from the outside. So that's where you can sort of mm. use them like tongs. But I put to you that it's just as easy and clean to use your hands oh yeah i probably do use my hands mostly with the sushi i go oh get the chopsticks and go have a try have a try oh this is too hard i'm just gonna pick it up and eat it it is just designed like you can pick it up with your fingers i do have a theory that if i were to try real japanese sushi i wouldn't like i have I think, that theory too i think everything i like about sushi is just like the western version of it mm. like i'm pretty sure all the ones with chicken in it <laughs> i know the california rolls i like them they're definitely not traditional mm. japanese I, I love the mayonnaise is that a big thing in in japan do they have mayonnaise <laughs> apparently it's japanese mayo and i'm just like what makes it japanese well it's not japanese mayo it's the same as the dim sim it's huh. it's the same as the butter chicken it's the same as the beef vindaloo mm. they don't have beef curries in india that's definitely not a thing <clears throat> this is just some ethnicity's food to give to stupid westerners <laughs> and it's our taste buds Actually, is this something that's just in Australia or do they have this everywhere? Where like if you're a tradie on a work site and a car turns up with a bunch of disgusting things that they're legally allowed to call food. Yep. That you can sort of like buy that's overpriced. Where you'd find things like dim sims and chico rolls and uh, so yep, forth I know like the, that. The hot food van. Yeah, the muck truck or something like that. Yeah, it has whatever. all sorts of like fancy nicknames. Yes. Is that an Australian thing or is that everywhere? No, they do that everywhere. I definitely know they do it in England. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's where we got it. Huh. But no, there's definitely food in vans everywhere and they look for places. I'd imagine so. Like, you go to any building site, they'd have to have that, right? Yeah. Um, that's, like, dodgy at best, though. Like, any place I've worked that's had one of those, I'll generally take a look and... Yeah, no. It's 50-50 if you want to touch it. You can tell very quickly if you're ever going to eat from that or not. It can surprise you sometimes, though. Like, because you look at it and it's greasy and the guy looks like he's actually been in the engine bay. <laughs> and you're like, no, but I'm hungry. And then they give you this amazing food. And you're like, oh, my God, this is like al dente this is above and beyond the greatest thing i've ever eaten and other times like when you see like the clean van Mm. with like the person with an apron who's clearly like separate to the driver and they're like what can we get you today and now like i don't know they're selling kebabs or something or it's like but they call them pita rolls or something (laughs) like idiots and then you get it and it's like this is horrible this is just bland and stupid but then there's a lot of them. There's like a like coin flip if you're going to be sick. Yeah. Like it might just feed you or you will be ill for a week. One or the other. There's no it's going to be good. Yeah. I generally find that the Chico roll is generally a safe one to go. That's why I think it's an Australian standard now. Those trucks rock up and we know a Chico roll, at least the insides, we're not going to get sick. You can't fuck it up. Like you can overcook it. You can undercook it. It's 
fight, but you can't get sick off it. Yeah. It wasn't made by this guy. He's had no part in the creation, so I can eat it. Even if it was given to me raw and cold, I will be fine. Dim Sims don't eat unless you trust the place. Exactly. Those ones can be deadly. They can have anything in there. Anything. The worst one if you have a bad Dim Sim is gas. You will get horrible smelly farts, essentially. Oh, it gets bad. Yeah. And fast. I do remember as a kid, my dog ate some Dim Sims. And then when my dog farted, my dad immediately put down a rule that you never feed the dog Dim Sims <laughs> ever again. All right, that's the end of that. <laughs> He made it while we were standing out on the front lawn. Because <laughs> the dog had cleared us out of the house. Everyone's standing outside like, all right, so we're all in agreement, right? That, that was a bad idea. <laughs> oh, now here's a cute thing. Australia and coffee. Yeah, it was saying there that with the cafe culture or the coffee culture. But yeah, and it says here that Australia was responsible for the flat white coffee purported to have originated in a Sydney cafe in the mid-1980s. We invented the flat white. Really? But that's just coffee with milk. <laughs> I'm still not 100% sure on what the difference is between a flat white and a latte. Oh, I learnt this. Oh, um, cool. Tell me. It's to do with like they froth the milk for a latte. Oh, okay. And there's no froth for a flat white. Yeah, no, it's flat. Oh. I think that's what the flat means. Fair enough. And we invented that. It's just someone didn't know how to use the frother prop. Which makes no sense because isn't that how you have coffee? Like, you're telling me... Up until the mid-80s, no one had just gone, well, just pour the milk in. See, I usually order a flat white whenever I go somewhere. Like, yeah. if they go coffee, I'll just go, ah, flat white. I used to say latte, but I will go the uh, flat white just because I realize it's quicker. But I don't notice the fluff. I don't care. No. Well, that's the thing. I didn't even know the difference between a latte and a flat white until just this minute. <laughs> well, that's why I'm here. Although, lately, this is what I do when Ali and I are out and we do get coffee. It's an ice latte. Ah, fancy. Because, well, it's just got ice in it. It's the same thing but they put ice cubes in it because it's freaking hot and I'm not having some hot thing and sweating and then gonna try and do the rest of my life sweating. Actually, you know what? I'm looking at this cuisine and, and you saying that iced latte it made me think that there are emissions from this that they didn't put on. Yes. things that are from Australia that aren't in other places. Ice vovo? Ice break. Ice break. You can't get ice break anywhere. Like iced coffee doesn't seem to exist. Wait, because I thought you were just saying like ice break like the actual product but you're saying iced coffees don't exist elsewhere. I don't think so. Like, I remember being in London, they didn't know what iced coffee was. I'm like, you're out of your mind. Well, like, it's, you know how- Same with, like, lemon, lime, and bitters they don't have overseas. What? That's an Australian thing. Well, what do girls drink when they don't want to have alcohol? Lemon and lime. There's no bitters. <laughs> no one thought to add bitters. How do you not have bitters? Because I was working in a bar over in England, and someone ordered a lemon, lime, and bitters, because they were Australian. And everyone was like, a lemon, lime, and bitters? Like, we've never heard of this. I'm like, I know what that is. And I whipped up a lemon, lime, and bitters. Boom. They had the bitters? Yeah, they have bitters bitters there because they use bitters in other cocktails they had all the ingredients to make a lemon lime and bitters that it just never occurred to them to mix them together yeah wow and i was showing it off going this is an australian drink it tastes all right i guess yeah it's not that great <laughs> but it's ours and there's also chocolates like tim tams and cherry ripes yeah, yeah, yeah. The cherry ripe and the Tim Tam is the Australian. Which I would say, if I were to put forward an Australian food to someone overseas, it's got to be the Tim Tam. Tim oh. Tam, I think, would work in any country. Now, this is where I love Tim Tams. Always loved them. But then I got introduced to the double coat. Once you go double coat Tim Tam, you can't go back. Oh, yeah, you can't. It tastes too plain. It's like going from trim milk to full cream milk. Yeah, you can't go backwards. Oh, my God. The regular Tim Tams. Now, when I see them, like, I have them. I'll eat it, but I won't enjoy it. It's a Tim Tam. 
And I'm like, oh, I guess I'll do you the favor and eat it, right? <laughs> but you have a double coat. Oh, I'm on that. There is no other way around it. But the problem is all the different flavors that they've made with Tim Tams, there's no double coat other flavors. Oh, really? They just, yeah, like they do them like the normal ones, but they put the whatever flavor in them. Maybe they feel the filling is enough to balance it out. Well, they're wrong, Ben. They're, they're wrong. wrong. You need like the double coated cherry filled ones. Maybe that's what I should do. I should open up a business which just sells like the Tim Tams, but with double coat everything. Ha <laughs> ha. I would make a million dollars. All right. All right. <laughs> we should probably rate this page because we've been going on for a while now. Do I even have to say we got none of it done? Yeah, we basically got nothing done. There is so much on here we could have got into, but we've run out of time. Oh, God. I'm gonna... That is a common theme on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I feel at this point it doesn't really need to be said. <laughs> you all know. Did you even expect us to? No. I would have to rate this a guillotine out of a possible Chico roll. I think that it was sharp and straight to the point, the bits we looked at. All the paragraphs about uh, the Aboriginal culture, very short, got to the point. Didn't fully read them, but I already knew what they were going to say because we've heard it enough. We acknowledge them. That's nice. There's like two paragraphs on our food, but those entire paragraphs like cut right like a guillotine to me because I didn't realize that the pavlova was actually Australian. The lamington was invented in Toowoomba. My God, I didn't know the flat white was Australian. Who the hell knew that? I still don't really trust that. Like maybe we invented the term flat white, but no, no there is no way that that's possible. Out of a chico roll, because who doesn't love a chico roll, right? Yeah, exactly. Like that's a meal. That is. Like you don't need something else with a chico roll. Like you get a pie that can usually do you, but you need to put some sauce on it and you might need to get some chips to go with it or something. But you get a chico roll, like you're good to go. And it's got the wrapper so that you don't even get your hand greasy. Yeah, and it's got chico written on the wrapper so you know that it's authentic. That's that's right. No imitation choco rolls, <laughs> which has choco in it, which, yeah, don't go for that. Another Australian thing. So that's what I thought of the page. I had a swift, sharp learning tool. I'm sure there's a whole plethora, a chico roll, if you will, of uh, information on this page to learn from, but we didn't get to it. I don't really care. I'm satisfied. What did you think, Ben? All right. Well, I'll give my rating out of... So it says here that 1935 was the first Australia Day. So I'll give my rating out of 1935. Okay. And out of 1935, I would give this 1838. How did you arrive at that number, Ben? (laughs) Well, I just saw another number written up there that said in 1838, 50 years after the first fleet arrived, foundation was declared. So I'm covering all the like when I think Australia Day would have happened because it doesn't seem like it's cut and dry. Foundation Day was Australia's first public holiday and that was before it was a country. So it was really our first public holiday. Yeah. Uh, so Australians that, love a public holiday. We do. We do indeed. So just to be clear, that meant you liked it? Yeah, that meant I liked it. Sweet. It was a good page. I mean, good country. Makes me feel patriotic. Yeah. I have actually increased my likeness for this country just doing this page. Yeah, this does make me like being Australian more. It's really helped. Like, once we got to the food, yeah. I'm on board now. Like, we got pavlova and we did that. Yeah, well, food was the headline of the episode. It should have been. I mean, it was the best part. Damn straight. All right. Well, apart from that, we just got the usual stuff to plug. We've got the Facebook page as well as Instagram and Twitter. That's all humidor. Got the videos, people. YouTube. And you can email in at wikireviewpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you have trouble finding all of that, just go to humidor.com.au or check the show notes. Boom. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode. I've been Ben Grohl. I've been Garth Remington. And we'll catch you on the next Wiki Review. Alright, look, we're gonna read the rest of this thing. Oh no, there's a lot to read there. You know, forget that. Wiki
Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and at humidor.com.au. Theme is I Live for the Bass Drum by DJ Searle. All other music by Matt Graw. <laughs> <laughs> 